Around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. You go to the Word of God and find out who you are. Whether it's next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll never be able to say that these brothers lied to you, Jack. Believe the scriptures. But you talk about Jesus Christ all the time. You talk about this. And it's like, you need to stay out your Bible because you keep praying to a, a God in the sky. You're a hypocrite because you're saying she don't have no proof. You have no proof of no Jesus Christ. You have no proof of any God or anything like that. You're just going off of what you taught or what you read in. So mean, you can't call her. My brother, I'm, I think I can look around at the world and oh see that see that it's something bigger than us. I mean, you you know, like if you just look at life. If you look at the planets, you don't think it's something bigger than you out here? You can't say that because if you can't look at the world and say, well, you know what, it's something bigger than us, and she's looking at this situation in Vegas and saying it's something bigger than us. So y'all saying the same thing, but you're saying you're calling her a conspiracy theorist oh because her opinion is the government or whoever she feels is behind this, and she's connecting the dots, and you're saying that well, the world is bigger than All I'm saying is that I think I have more evidence that there's a God than there is evidence that that was a false flag shooting in Las Vegas. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music in the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez, and this is episode number 32. You can send all your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on all social media outlets at mbills314. Now, today we're going to deal with that clip you just heard was a caller who called in to The Breakfast Club. It's a uh, well-known syndicated morning show that I listen to from time to time along with a couple of others. But while I was listening to it this particular morning, this caller caught my attention with what he said. And I was listening just like, hmm, there are a lot of people in this world that I know for a fact feels the exact same way that he does. And that's what inspired today's episode. I want to give you some reasons, show you some reasons and tell you reasons why God does exist. You didn't just end up here. You're not just on this earth flowing through. God, G-O-D, big G, God exists. Now, God, the term God is a title. God just simply means ruler. Now, you hear a lot of people call themselves a God, which I guess they're saying that they are a ruler or under ruler under big G-O-D. Some people believe that they are God. There is no, there is no God in that created the earth. That you know, the black man is God. And there's just so many different things that you know people get from God. So, um, I want to break it down to you why God exists, not man. Why not? Why does man exist? But why God exists? Why there is a God? So, if you have anyone in your family, friends, or anyone that you know that does not believe in God, you might want to share this podcast with them because I believe. That it's going to help them. It's going to help them to reevaluate why they think that in the first place. And after that, I'm going to show you why Jesus is the only way. That this is not about religion, that this is about relationship. And until we get an understanding of that, we're going to be focusing around religion. But it's not about religion. So, 
With all that being said, could you please turn in your Bibles to Psalms 53, please? Psalms 53. Now, we'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. If you are reading out of the traditional King James or another translation, it's all good. We'll still we'll end up in the same place. Psalms 53. Let's look at verse 1. It says, only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good. Not a single one. What is this saying? This is just saying in the simplest form that um, a person who doesn't believe in God is a fool. Number one, fool. It simply means unlearned um, or simply ignoring the facts of facts that are clearly presented to you. And it says because they don't believe that there is a God, um, these are people who are more uh, corrupt in their thinking and their actions. People tend to think because they would normally say, yo, I don't believe in God, but I'm a good person. And he just said, there's, there's no one's good in and of itself. You know, so that excuse that I'm a good person doesn't even exist. You talk about God doesn't exist. That doesn't even exist. Uh, a person, a good person, I'm, I'm, I got a good heart. Well, all right, well. Well, let's see what the Bible says about our good heart. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. Let's look at verse 9. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. It says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Oh, maybe that's why people think that they have a good heart, because the heart is deceitful of all things. Deceit simply means someone making you believe something that's not true. You think your heart is good when it's not. You've been deceived. Your heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all the hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So God knows your heart. And until we give our hearts over to Jesus, our heart can never be good because our heart in and of itself is deceitfully wicked. Your intentions. Wow. Let's keep going. Let's go to Romans chapter. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse six. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek, who sincerely seek him. So this scripture is telling us that it is impossible, number one, to please God without faith. What does that mean? It's impossible to please God without faith. That simply means that how can you please him and you don't trust him? You don't have to see him to trust him because you have his word in order to lean on him and to trust him. Trust 
And faith is just simply reliance, trust, confidence in something or, or someone. In this case, we're talking about God. Now, the same way we believe that when we go on a job interview and then that particular supervisor, manager tell, them, tell us that they're going to pay us a significant amount of money without any proof or the proof may be on the paper, but we're working 40 hours, then we work another 40, and then at the end of that week, we expected to see 80 hours on a paycheck with that amount that they told us. So we trust them enough that we're going to start working without proof that they're even gonna pay us the amount that they told us. Now that's faith. That's the kind of faith that God wants us to have in him. So you can't say why, how I'm gonna trust him, I can't see him the same way you do every day with everyone else. So it says, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists, number one, and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. There are rewards for sincerely seeking God. If you wanna receive rewards, God says, if you seek me, if you seek him, number one, you're gonna find him. And I guarantee that once you seek him, who you will find is Jesus Christ. Now, let's get into some natural thing. I'm gonna read a couple, I'm gonna read a little bit. We're gonna go a little deep, but I'm gonna show you reasons, proof that God exists. So number one, the reason why God exists and there is a God, number one is the complexity of our planet points to a deliberate designer who not only created our universe, but sustains it today. The complexity of our planet points to a deliberate designer who not only created our universe, but he sustains it. So many examples showing God's design could be given possibly with no end, but here are a few. The Earth. Its size is perfect. The Earth's size and corresponding gravity holds a thin layer of mostly nit nitrogen and oxygen gases, only extending about 50 miles above the Earth's surface. If the Earth was smaller, an atmosphere would be impossible, like the planet Mercury. If the Earth were larger, its atmosphere would contain free hydrogen like Jupiter. Earth is the only known planet equipped with an atmosphere of the right mixture of gases to sustain plant, animal, and human life. So a lot of people who don't believe in God, so they believe in science. Well, here's your science right here. Once again, the complexity of our planet points to a deliberate designer who not only created our universe, but he still sustains it today. It's not by chance. There's no such thing as chance. Number two, water. Water is colorless, odorless, and without taste, and yet no living thing can survive without it. Plants, animals, and human beings consist mostly of water. About two-thirds of the human body is water. You'll see why the characteristics of water are uniquely suited to life. It has wide margin between its boiling point and freezing point. Water allows us to live in an environment of fluctuating temperature changes while keeping our bodies a steady 98.6 degrees. Water is universal. This property of water means that various chemicals, minerals, and nutrients can be carried throughout our bodies and into the smallest blood vessels. Wow, water. God created water. No man can create water. No man can recreate water. You can contaminate water, but you can't create water. Another one, the human brain. Simultaneously processes an amazing amount of information. Your brain takes in all the colors and objects you see, the temperature around you, 
the pressure of your feet against the floor, the sounds around you, the dryness of your mouth, even the texture of your keyboard. Your brain holds and processes all your emotions, thoughts, memories. At the same time, your brain keeps track of the ongoing functions of your body, like your breathing, like your breathing pattern, eyelid movement, hunger, and movement of the muscles in your hands. The human brain processes more than a million messages, more than a million messages a second. God did that. Not you, not man. God did that. Not a bomb, not a monkey, not whatever other concept that people come up, come up with to try to prove that there is no God. This is proof. The human body, water, the brain, the earth. The universe operates by uniform laws of nature. Much of life may seem uncertain, but look at what we can count on day after day. Gravity remains consistent. A hot cup of coffee left on a counter will get cold. The earth rotates in the same 24 hours. The speed of light doesn't change on earth or in galaxies far from us. How is it that we can identify laws of nature that never change? Why is the universe so orderly, so reliable? The greatest scientists have been struck by how strange this is. There is no logical necessity for a universe that obeys rules, let alone one that abides by the rules of mathematics. This astonishment springs from the recognition that the universe doesn't have to behave this way. It is easy to imagine a universe in which conditions change unpredictably from instant to instant or even a universe in which pop in and out of existence. Another thing that you hear a lot of people say, they will say, oh, the universe lined up for me. The universe did this, the universe did that. That's just a way of not giving credit to a creator. People say, I have no religion, I don't, I don't subscribe to nothing, I don't believe in God, I believe in the universe, I believe everything in this time. You're just giving credit to God. They don't know it, but you just, you've given credit to a creator. A creator created all of this. Anything that you give credit to, there was someone that created what you are giving credit to. You're giving credit to the universe when he created the universe. He created the galaxy. He created all of that. So instead of you trying to figure out the mathematics and get the equations and this line up and that, hey, brother, God is in charge of all of that. If he ever decide I'm gonna shut this all down, ain't nothing the universe can say to him to not shut it down. Something else I want you to know this, the eye. The eye can distinguish among seven million colors. It has automatic focusing and handles an astonishing 1.5 million messages simultaneously. Evolution focuses on mutations and changes from and within existing organism, yet evolution only does not fully explain the initial source of the eye or the brain, the start of living organisms from non living matter. So some people believe in evolution, that the earth evolved from what? Some believe evolved from a monkey, it evolved from something. We just, we just, the earth just appeared here. We want to take all the credit away from God. Remember what the scripture says that a person doesn't believe that there is a God is a fool and you're subject to corruption and to do more evil, which that's what happens. That's what they do. But in their minds, because their heart is not as deceitfully wicked, what we just read, all of our hearts were deceitfully wicked, that you think you're doing good, when in actuality, you are not doing good. The DNA code informs, programs a sales behavior. All instruction, all teaching, all training comes with intent. Someone who writes an instruction manual does, with, does so with purpose. Did you know that in every cell of our bodies, there exists a very detailed instruction code? Much like a miniature computer program.
music in the description. Long day at work, all meal, no dessert Been a long time since I had a good time So I'm changing up my shirt now Put it in reverse, downtown traffic is the worst But it don't even matter, running likes to get that faster When I get there, all I'm screaming is Speakers bumping loud I feel it in the ground People all around with their hands up and down now The vibe's kinda real I'm just trying to get that feeling There's nothing else to do but play my song This concludes side A. Please flip to side B. As you may know, a computer program is made up of ones and zeros. The way that they are arranged tell the computer program what to do. 
The DNA code in each of our cells is very similar. It's made up of four chemicals that scientists abbreviate as ATGC. These are arranged in the human cell. There are three billion of these letters in every human cell. Why is this so amazing? One has to ask, how did this information program wind up in each human cell? These are just not chemicals. These are chemicals that instruct that code in a very detailed way, exactly how the person's body should develop. Natural biological causes are completely lacking as an explanation when programmed information is involved. You cannot find instruction, precise information like this without someone intentionally constructing it. God is amazing. And for you not to believe that there is a God, I pray that after this, if you are the one or one of the ones that may believe this, like that caller. He didn't believe in Jesus Christ. He didn't believe in, in God. He didn't believe in, I don't know what he believed in, but I don't want you to make that same mistake. That's what this podcast has always been about. We're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. We're going to deal with the scriptures. But this, I just, it just really caught my concern because he called in very hostile, like, you know, this and this. And you believe that and there's no Jesus Christ and, and there's no God. And like he was serious. You could tell maybe, maybe he'd been hurt or something like that. But we don't know. We know God exists because he pursues us and he is constantly initiating and seeking for us to come to him. This is an article I'm reading right here. This gentleman says, he says, I was an atheist at one time. And like many atheists, the issue of people believing in God bothered me greatly. What is it about atheists that we would spend so much time, attention and energy refuting something that we don't believe even exists? What causes us to do that? When I was an atheist, I attributed my intentions as caring for those poor delusional people to help them realize their hope was completely ill-founded. To be honest, I also had another motive. As I challenged those who believed in God, I was deeply curious to see if they could convince me otherwise. Part of my quest was to become free from the question of God. If I can conclusively prove to believers that they were wrong, then the issue was off the table and I would be free to go about my life. I didn't realize that the reason the topic of God weighed so heavily on my mind was because God was pressing the issue. I have come to find out that God wants to be known. He created us with the intention that we would know him. He has surrounded us with evidence of himself and he keeps the question of his existence squarely before us. It was as if I couldn't escape thinking about the possibility of God. In fact, the day I chose to acknowledge God's existence, my prayer began with, okay, you win. It might be that the underlining reason atheists are bothered by people believing in God is because God is actively pursuing them. Wow. God is actively pursuing each and every person. There's nobody you can think of that God is not actively pursuing. It's just, will they choose to surrender? I was like that at one point, but just like everybody else, I had to choose to surrender. Now, I've never not known or believed that God existed, so I was never an atheist. I just didn't know as far as, you know, how to get, you know, heaven, how to get to heaven, heaven, hell. I was heard that, you know, growing up and didn't really know much. But when Jesus came in the picture, I knew, I knew. I said, well, my answers 
my questions are answered. Not religion, not Baptist, not Pentecostal, not, not a denomination, but Jesus. Once Jesus came in the picture, once the gospel was preached and I heard and it entered into my heart, then I surrendered to him. And once I surrendered to him, my life changed. And I took on carrying the assignment of now proclaiming his word to people who don't know him, just like I didn't know him, just like maybe you didn't know him. It's my responsibility, it's our responsibility. If you know Jesus Christ, your responsibility is to tell others about him. So I think that's pretty clear evidence. One of the main things I always like pointing out is when, you know, if you ever go to a beach or if you ever been to a beach, we have all these oceans, all this water in this earth. None of it runs over unless you have like some extra wind, like, you know, hurricanes or tornadoes or just heavy winds or pick water up and kind of take it overboard. But how does the water, water know how far to come and just stops and never just, and don't just flow over. Like we can just sit on the beach, relax with our eyes closed, perfect weather, don't have to worry about the water just flowing over. It comes right up to a certain point, stops, flows back. It's amazing. God designed it that way. So now, unlike any other revelation of God, Jesus Christ is the clearest, most specific picture of God revealing himself to us. Why Jesus? Look throughout the major world religions and you'll find that Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, and Moses all identified themselves as teachers or prophets. None of them ever claimed to be equal to God. Surprisingly, Jesus did. This is what sets Jesus apart from all the others. He said, God exists and you're looking at him. Though he talked about his father in heaven, it was not from the position of separation, but a very close union, unique to all humankind. Jesus said that everyone who has seen him has seen the father. Anyone who believed in him believed in the father. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He claimed attributes belonging only to God to be able to forgive people of their sin free from that free from the habits of sin, give people a more abundant life and give them eternal life in heaven. Unlike other teachers who focused people on their words, Jesus pointed people to himself. He did not say, follow my words and you will find truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. What proof did Jesus give for claiming to be divine? He did what people can't do. Jesus performed miracles. He healed people, blind, crippled, deaf, even raised a couple of people from the dead. He had the power over objects, created food out of thin air, enough to feed crowds of several thousand people. He performed miracles over nature, walked on top of a lake, commanding a raging storm to stop for some friends. People everywhere followed Jesus because he constantly met their needs, doing the miraculous. He said, if you do not want to believe when I'm telling you, you should at least believe in me because of the miracles you're seeing. Hallelujah. We serve a God of evidence. We serve a God of action. You don't have to just go off his words alone because he's going to prove what he said. That's why he says it's impossible to come to me without faith. God gave us his word. Read his word and understand that he's going to carry out everything his word says is going to carry out. If God says go left when we go right, then we will get the consequences of going right. It doesn't mean that God is punishing you. The consequences were already in going right. That's why he told you to go left. 
So to all my people who are in Las Vegas, who are down there doing that concert shooting, I'm praying. For those in Puerto Rico, I'm praying. For those who are involved in hurricanes in Houston and all over the world and in Somalia and different parts of the earth that we don't even know exist or are not even talked about on the news that are experiencing tragedies. There's really so many that you can't even name them all. Don't think that because these things are, are happening and have happened, that God doesn't exist and that God doesn't care for us. These problems are far deeper than our minds can understand. But I can guarantee you it's not God's fault. And we can go deeper. We will continue to go deeper even during these podcasts. It doesn't mean we don't pray because some reason people think prayer is not effective. And I don't know where they got that from. I don't know if there's something they heard their cousin say or something. But prayer is one of the most effective. Prayer is more effective than protesting. Sometimes it's our lack of prayer that can be an issue. Whereby if we would have prayed, we could have avoided some things. So with prayer, seeing that a lot of these tragedies have happened, with prayer, we're gonna get through these situations. Families are gonna be healed. Hearts are gonna be mended. Minds are gonna be free. Hearts are gonna be open. Lives are gonna be restored. That's my prayer. And in Jesus' name, it'll come to pass and God will see us through all the destruction that we see in America and in other countries. And even the things that are going on within our White House with our leader. I pray that God gets a hold of him as well. I know it's hard to believe. Like, oh, Lord, who can give? Uh, nah, God can get a hold to him. I'm not one of the ones that voted for him. And I'm not one of the ones that say God put him in there. But seeing that he is in there and in that position, I can pray that God can get a hold of him. Shake him up. Get him together. That's my prayer. If this episode helped you in any way, or you know this episode may help somebody that you know may be dealing with what we're talking about, please share it with your family, your friends, your coworkers, whoever you may know, send it to them. Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures is on Facebook, on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel now. Please subscribe to it. You can download these podcasts on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Again, follow me on all social media at mbills314 and send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Until next time, remember the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4. The latter part of that verse, let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.